Did you know at Kroger, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store? Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards, with no hidden fees or markups on your same family favorites, like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce. The only difference is you don't have to put on shoes. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, no time for a cold open right off the bat, guys. But happy Wednesday, and I have a special guest for you all today. So welcome to the J-Man Show here on G360 Radio. So let me go ahead and put my professional face on right now. Okay. All right, J360 Legion, we're going to do something a little different today. Matter of fact, you can say giving back to the filmmaking or creative community. Today I'm going to be speaking with a big-time director that's going to make her way across the whole industry here. She's taking it by storm. She managed to work on some music videos, and she's working on her second short film right now. Let's give it up for Summer Maroc Ronzo, CEO, head producer of Darkroom Developments. How you doing, hon? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, pretty good. You know, managed to make it to 60 episodes, and you are Woo. the star of the 60th episode, I might as well Yay. say. Yay! Yep. This is a spotlight episode, and you're my second one since episode 7, way back when. That's awesome. I'm super excited to be here. Yep, and I'm glad to have you. And I know everybody in the J360 Legion have been wanting me to interview somebody that's taken the industry by storm other than myself. So this is all (laughs) about you, hon. Yay. I love talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun, right? (laughs) Don't tell anybody, though. I was supposed to be really humble. Oh, yeah, 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 the humble face. I don't know how that works, but... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I know this is kind of putting you on the spot, but hey, tell us about yourself. Hmm, about myself. I am will be 33 years old. I mean, like 29 for what, like the fourth or fifth time or something, if we do the math correctly. I'll be 29 again this year. Okay. Um, uh, I have two daughters. I'm a mom, so I have two daughters. Uh, I'm working. I'm trying to go to school. Uh, I like long walks on the beach and poking dead things with sticks. Just joking. I don't really ever know what to say about myself. I mean, I love the color pink and black. And I make movies, and hopefully one day you guys will see one of my movies. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm vying for the director position for Jurassic World 3. (laughs) That's like my big motivation right now. I hope you get it. I hope you get it. I know, right? You know, because, hey, Trevor Rowe, he, uh, I'm probably saying his name wrong, but Trevor Rowe, he could use the help. Yeah. I definitely want to see more film, female filmmakers specifically in positions of action films. I think we can do it. I'm pretty positive we can. We just need to have the opportunity. They always label female filmmakers with dramas, love stories, and independent films. But I believe, I know in myself typically, that I can make a movie like Jurassic World and make female film directors be looked at as wow they can actually make action movies yeah of course you can 
That's what I, I want to be able to do. I, I, and it's not that I don't think that, like, I don't want men to be taken out of their roles in the filming. I just want us to work more together and not so, you know, divided, we're so, divided. yeah, we're too divided right now. We need to be working more together. And that's the point because film is collaborative medium. So, you know, I don't know whether it's an ego or a power struggle kind of thing that they're just trying to throw around now and that's what's selling. But still, at the end of the day, there's a film that needs to be made. There's something that needs to be told, you know? Absolutely agree with you. I'm not really sure what it is either. I don't want to speak for anyone. That's like the biggest thing that I always think when I, I do interviews is people ask me why I feel a way about a collective of people. And I'm like, I can't speak for those people. So I don't know what it is at the moment. But hopefully we get to a point in the quote unquote Hollywood. Like when people talk about movies, they're like, oh, Hollywood. Well, it's more than just Hollywood now. It's all over the country and all over the world. But and it's not so central is what I mean. I don't want to speak for quote-unquote Hollywood and say these things. I just want us to work more together. And there's nothing wrong with that. we got to have that inclusion, you know. It's just people nowadays, they love to hold up things, I guess, because they're either egos or people are too sensitive or, ah, God, it's a mess. And you know what? Yeah. Even the J-Man can't clean that up, and sometimes you don't want to clean that up either. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. And I'm I'm very much going to stick to just making movies. I never want to give my opinion on politics or how I feel about the world or other than I feel like people are hurting and that needs to be solved. Like we need to come together and fix that. But I'm never going to give my opinion on collective of people and how people feel and how I feel like if we did this one thing, we could fit everything. I'm not so egotistical that I think that I know the answer for that because I definitely don't. I know the answer for the way my life is and the way my films are, but I don't know anybody else's. Right. You know, we're all different and we're unique for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's just we're in the right industry to do that because we're telling stories from our slices of life. To reference mm -hmm. episode 57, so perspective changes as long as you age and as long as you're living. Yep. You go through it all the time. Absolutely. Well, and you know, like, when I get kids and with your kids, they're going to go through the same thing. Yeah. Hopefully they'll pick up cameras and start telling their stories, too. You know? I hope so. I mean, even, even in the medium of Snapchat and Instagram, people are definitely telling stories that way. And I think we just need to continue on that path. Mm-hmm. What inspired you to take up filmmaking? Well, I definitely n have never thought of me being a filmmaker as a career. Like, as Martin Scorsese, Scorsese says, if you want to be a filmmaker, if you want to make movies as a career, you're in the wrong business. You need, it's almost a drive where you wake up every day and you know that you need to tell a story. And that's what we do as filmmakers is we, we tell these stories these stories so I definitely don't ever want to consider myself as I'm making a move I'm making movies as a career but what has motivated me to make movies is I didn't grow up in the best the best circumstances as a, as a child I was born in Alexandria Louisiana my parents my I was raised by my father until he met my stepmother I don't really know my real mother that much I mean she's still alive um she tries to add me on Facebook all the time but I'm not ready for that okay. um yeah so my parent, my dad and my stepmom didn't really make a lot of money with me as a child and they were alcoholics and they weren't really there for me. So I was an only child who got lost in movies. That was my out. I, I watched movies so that I could live in a different world instead of the one that I lived in 
now and then I didn't want to live there anymore. I wanted to watch Pretty Woman. And as silly as that is about watching a movie about a prostitute, it actually seemed better than the situation that I was in, which is really sad. But I grew up with great movies like, you know, Indiana Jones and the Goonies. I went on adventures all the time. So I want to make movies so that I can make other people feel the exact same way that I felt. I want to be able to create an escape for people. So when they sit in a movie theater or in their home in the middle of rural wherever or in the ghetto or in the sticks in the swamps and, you know, in a city that they're watching a movie and they have that ability to escape for a few hours. Like I want to be able to do that. So that's why I got into filmmaking. Wow. Yes, ma'am. That is beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. It really is. I mean, to give them an outlet, to give them hope. Yes. And inspire other people. Absolutely. Hope is a very powerful thing. Yes, it is. Right there. (laughs) All of that. Just wonderful. Right there. Thank you. I mean, and I don't, it's funny because I don't do that to like, that's just my story. And I'm sure other people have the reasons why, why they do. Like there was a quote I saw that Steven Spielberg was talking about, like, pay attention to the whispers because your dreams sometimes come through as whispers. And if you feel every day that you are lost, if you don't make movies or you don't, I don't know what else, what else do people do? If you don't bank, if you're not a doctor, if you like, it's really hard to explain, but when you have dreams and if you're not doing them every day, then you feel like a piece of you is dying. Then you need to be able to go and, and do your dreams. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yep, dare to dream and get it done. And you know, you're going to go through some challenges as we all do, because there's nothing in life that you can or want to do without a little bit of mess to it. Yes, and I'm I'm so ready for that. <laughs> I'm no. ready to make a mess. And and that's the way it is. Got to make the mess, got to clean up some, but at the end of the day, you're achieving something. You're feeling more alive as you do it. Which is yeah. why like real filmmakers, they never really break down. Like the system is there to try to break you down, try to make you fail, but you know at the end of the day when you one up it and you win, isn't that like the best feeling ever? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I would say that what we do and what others like us are striving to do, 1% of the population is going to be given this opportunity to make movies, quote unquote, as a career. You know, there's only the rare few that get to make it as a career. Mm -hmm. All I want to do is to be able to present movies to people to make them escape and have, have a great time like that's what we're supposed to be doing in movies it's when i so i recently saw jurassic world fallen kingdom like i told you earlier Mm -hmm. it had some issues you know a lot of action movies now do and it's fine but when i left i was like wow that was one hell of a ride and that's what i want to do i want to leave people saying you know maybe the plot wasn't that great but man was that fun exactly so like between you and me I think that is, like, one of the problems with the industry, like, you know what I mean? Like, those vague criticisms that people throw out there, you know? Yeah. Instead of just going for the entertainment, for just trying to make something great, you got people competing for, like, the highest blog count or the highest criticism count or whatever the hell Rotten Tomatoes and Flickster does, because that's the same company anyway. But the thing about it is, it's like, you know what? Why not just go to the movie, enjoy the movie, 
and then come back and talk about the movie and what you enjoyed about the movie so you can do movies. Yeah, but I absolutely agree with you. There's going to be movies that people don't like, and that's totally fine. Like the Star Wars franchise. I'm definitely not going to get into that because I am not a huge Star Wars fan, and I don't want to put my own foot in my mouth and look stupid if I say something wrong. But there are people who would fight wars because of the nonsense that's happening right now between those movies and between Lucas and you know, Kathleen Kennedy, there's huge, there's like a huge fight. And again, I don't know anything about it, but there were people that were excited. There were people that were disappointed. I mean, there's certain movies that are literal war, war makers. And I don't know. I'm, I saw The Last Jedi. It wasn't that terrible. I mean, it was a good ride. It was very interesting. But other than that, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to say about big movies like that. Hey, you, on this show, you're never going to be treated like that. <laughs> I don't care what they say. They have to fight me first to get to my guess. And I like to fight. <laughs> so the point is, it's, just, it's like, I'll be real with you. I always commend people like, okay, say Ben Affleck being Batman. As uh. soon as he puts that cow on, I know he's going to have a whole lot of people coming at him. Like, he's oh, going to yeah. be the worst Batman. It's oh, like George like, Clooney. Yes, exactly. Even though George Clooney had to work with that script he had and Schumacher lost his mind at the time, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that movie was still, in some respect, a Batman movie. Yeah, I will say this. Sorry, Christian Bale and, and Ben Affleck, but uh, Michael Michael Keaton is my Batman. Oh, he man. will always be my Batman. I, I, um, I knew I'd like you. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. All He's right. definitely my Batman. Yeah. He will always be Batman to me. Michael Keaton. Exactly. Hells yeah. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Christian Bale. Sorry. Um, George Clooney and Val Kilmer and, and uh, Ben Affleck. But it's. And who else? Uh, was it? No, Christopher Reeves was Superman. Who was Batman? Uh, um, Adam West. But you Adam know, West. But hey, that's the 60s show, and it was built on that cheesy charm to it. So, you know. But the one that actually represents the darker tones of Batman, though, would definitely be Michael Keaton for us. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with that. I, I, guess, I guess it's who you grew up with. Mm-hmm. It's kind of your Batman. I mean, when I was growing up, it was Jack Nicholson was my Joker, don't do not get me wrong. Heath Ledger is life. I went on a Warner Brothers tour recently and they had this like huge thing at the beginning and they show like all these um, different movies that they've done and they put Heath Ledger up there and I literally just like screamed, oh my God, like he's a huge loss because he's a, an amazing actor and an amazing storyteller and he made his own music videos and, and stuff and he wanted to make his own movies and we lost him and so yeah i guess have sides they're definitely sides <laughs> oh yes i mean there's nothing wrong with that i mean like if you play a terrific villain you will always be immortalized just as much as a hero to a point but oh my god they're just two sides of the same same character and it's amazing that's why i love yeah. nicholson and ledger oh check nicholson uh-huh <laughs> I love that man. Oh yes, I mean, whew. I mean, we could take up the whole episode talking about those movies, but we got to talk about you first. But hey, going back to Star Wars, though, you'll never be able to please that fan base. Oh one, no, one way think... or another, you never will. Yeah. Oh, it, I... it, and it's hilarious too. Yeah, I just I feel bad because you when there's such a big group of people who want a movie to 
be what they've always thought it was going to be, and then it's not. Right. I don't know. I, like, I feel bad for them. I, I, I mean, that's a crushing blow, but the thing about it is it's like... That's kind of what happens because sometimes these movies are meant to please a lot of things and sell certain items and so much in these movies now. Like, that's why yeah. Audi just... Audi has a car that has to appear in there. It has nothing to do with the movie, but it has to be in that movie. Yeah. I think it's also like... And, and I don't... Again, I hate speaking for other people, but I'm wondering if the issue is is that these directors have their own ideas. And, you know, Ryan Johnson was the writer and... And not just so much the writer, but he wasn't he the director? See, this is me putting my foot in my mouth like an idiot. No, 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 no. This is no, this is fine because you're on the JMS but, show and you're allowed to talk like this. But what? he, I feel like he had his own ideas about the film, about this whole story, the whole franchise, like where it was going, where the Skywalker story was heading, and he felt like he wanted to tell his own story instead of reaching out to the Star Wars community and seeing what story they want told. Again, when you're working with with a, a huge thing like that, mm-hmm. you need to reach out to the community. Like Star Trek, I'm a huge diehard Star Trek fan, and I have a Star Trek tattoo on my arm. Like that's how serious this is. Right. And I feel like with the new stuff, with Discovery and um, the possibility of a new series on on CBS, I, I believe is they may be having another series come out. And the movies is they needed to ask the fans what they wanted and nobody did that and now everybody hates it not everybody again i'm speaking for a large group of people well, but a lot of people don't like discovery quite a lot i don't of people like don't discovery. like it yeah it has its problems don't get me wrong like some things they do right and then some things they do woefully wrong i mean because they want their shows to stand out but they also need to talk to the people who enjoy it like you're right like, Ryan yeah. Johnson, he went on his whole kick with everything. Like, yeah, he did do the writing. He was pretty much, I want to say, 70% of the controlling interest in that. So that's kind of yeah. his whole thing. Like, even with Rose Tycho, Like, yeah. all that stuff was him. Yeah, he just... I've just uh, you, if I ever get put into a position like that, and I, I mean, I hope, I hope I could potentially get put into a position like that, I'm going to bring in a panel of people from some of the biggest blogs or YouTube sites or whatever, like the biggest fans I can find of that series. And I'm going to sit them down and I'm going to say, I'm curious about what you and your fan base think of this idea and where do we want this film to go and why, where do we want this series to go? Because I want not, I know I'm not going to make everybody happy. Duh. That's a given. Mm -hmm. But if you don't even try, you're not going to get anywhere. So you have to try to make at least, what, 50 to 60% of your fan base happy? Yep. You have to try, and now there's all these problems that I'm reading about with the Star Wars franchise and what's going on with Disney and what's going on with these people who are in charge. And now there's just a whole bunch of drama that maybe could have been helped if they would have asked yep it all could have been avoided if they just mm-hmm. talked exactly and and that's and that's what you know you, you got to i mean like what do you expect i look at these people all the time i'm like hey you all wanted a sequel trilogy <laughs> exactly you wanted it and this is what you got this is because it. you wanted it in a hurry yeah i mean lucas himself is you know i was actually thinking about taking a thing of george lucas 
and just putting it together and put Miss Me Yet underneath of it and just send it. Uh, I don't know, man. Because the, see, uh, the three prequels, oh my God. <laughs> hey, hey, they had their problems. I will give you that. But you know, the funniest thing is it did do its job though. It told you yeah. how the Empire came. And it told yeah. you how Vader became Darth Vader. We just had to go through a lot of craziness to get there. Yeah, I just think, like, Jar Jar Binks was an issue. He's, like, my main issue. Oh, but yes. the, there was, like, a funny storyline of how he, how they think he's, like, the number one dark Sith or, or something, which was so funny. And, yeah, I'm sure people know all about that. But, I mean, they made Anakin Skywalker kind of look like a crybaby. But, I don't know. I hope people like it, though. I mean, it's hilarious. But, you know, the funniest thing is, he kind of was responsible for everything because he put in the vote for the emergency powers. He went ahead yeah. and destroyed the whole galaxy. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's it, the biggest issue that I've heard a lot of people talk about with the new stuff is how is it that a, a girl who has, quote, so far that we know, no ties... No relevant parents, no so no relevant bloodline. Right. Ultimately, like be super super powerful and be able to know the ways of the force in twenty minutes. That's a problem. And this in this lead character, this female can do no wrong. She can do no wrong. You know. Uh, yeah, I just. Yeah. See, when you got those, um, how you put it? Uh, well, they're called Mary Sue characters, but yes. there's another thing for them. Um, like god tier characters or something like that that they pretty much have no struggle in anything it's kind of yeah, like what see, kind that's, of, yeah that's terrible it, it's like what kills the drive of everything it's why that second Lara Croft movie what Angelina Jolie didn't do so well because she was so cool and she did everything with little to no problem it was like yeah well, where's the conflict man like where's the emotional where's the moving on yeah I, I totally and absolutely agree. I want to watch, if I'm going to watch a character, I want to watch a character struggle. I will say this. I love Kylo Ren. I feel like they're putting all of the struggle, though, into that one character. And if they're going to do that, then the film doesn't need to be about Rey. It needs to be about Kylo Ren. Exactly. You know, if they're going to put all of the a main character struggle into a second secondary type character... And they need to just up that secondary character to a lead. And I think that's kind of what they did in The Last Jedi, is they wanted to kind of put him on an equal footing as Rey. But the story is not ultimately about Kylo. It's ultimately about Rey. And she needs to have struggles, because as of the character right now, I don't really care about her. I kind of hope she gets blown up on a starship so that I don't care. Or pretty much did what Holdo did, because that is not how hyperspace works, but, you know. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Oh, God. But you know what? From a writer's standpoint, because I know you write your material, and you know I'm a writer. So, yes. from a writing standpoint, that story was just uneven as hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. Like, the whole subplot mm-hmm. with Rose and Finn really didn't... It really didn't mean anything, if you think about it. No, I think stories don't do as well when they separate the characters that they, they initially had in the first movie. So, like, in the first movie... Ray was with Finn and they were all kind of together and they didn't really separate that much, but now they're all separate. Yeah. Even the, what's the pilot's name? Um, Poe. Poe. Yeah. They were kind of all together in the first one ish, you know, now they're all separate and there's separate stories that we have to tell. And again, I love stranger things. Like, let me just put this out here. I love stranger things. The first season was amazing. The second season I felt was lackluster because they separated the kids. 
They did. I don't want to watch the kids separately. I want to watch them all together. When they're together, they're more powerful. The stories are more dynamic than when they're all separate. Because now I have to keep track of, you know, four groups of two kids and an adult. And it's just nonsense. You know why they do that, right? They do that because of, um, break. it's called Breaking the Fellowship. So everyone has a story arc now. Yeah, I don't As a writer, kind of, I get that. I just... I guess I just, like, wanted to see the kids together again. And I know that they need all go on their own journeys, and I get it. I just, I hated that they came together in, the, like, the last two episodes. I'm like, really? This is lame. Yeah, and that was the build-up. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. There's only so much tension I can take. Oh, man. You know what, though? I think the Defenders did the same damn thing now that I think about it. Probably. I don't remember. But, hey, you know what? We should go ahead and bring up the big <clears throat> feature of what brought you onto the show today. Your movie. Yeah. So tell us all about How to Be a Stalker. Okay, so How to Be a Stalker was brought about because my youngest daughter, my seven-year-old, soon to be eight-year-old, is she finds the deepest, weirdest parts of the internet. She finds these weird, like, not not bad videos because she has a child blocker thing on, but she finds the craziest videos and, like, craziest how-tos. Like, there was a how-to to, I don't even remember, like, catch a something or catch a bug or it was really awkward. And I was and I was talking to somebody and I said, how funny would it be to have a how-to video on, like, how to murder someone and, like, get away with it or how to, you know, stalk somebody and, like, get away with it. And I was like... That's a great idea. I'm going to make a movie about someone who is a YouTube personality who disguises his stalker, his stalkerness in being a private investigator. Oh, that's good. So he's going to make these YouTube videos and he's going to teach people how to stalk people, but he's going to disguise himself as if he's an actual professional private investigator. And then we're going to go on a journey with him and we're going to see him kind of spiral out of control when things don't go his way. And one of his targets um, kind of, she goes a little bit crazy and um, he can't really keep track of her. He can't stalk her the way that he wants to. So he's going to kind of spiral out. But that's how the story came about. It's, you know, how weird would this be if this was a thing? Oh, my God. It would work. (laughs) It would work. That's what we need, uh... That's what we need. <laughs> I mean, I would love to turn it, honestly. It, it was made for, for school, or it's being made for my college program, but a huge drama has started with my college, and now my college is no longer going to be open. It's actually closing, so I'm just making this to make it now. I'm not. I'm actually a film school dropout at the moment, not because I want to be, but because I don't have a choice. Right. And so I'm just making this for fun now. It's just a little funsy film when it was was for a grade. I don't remember where I was going with that, but yeah. That's... Well, no, no, no. You're showing your passion, and you're making your movie, and yeah. you know, like it's kind of like how like you have some people that are invested, and then all of a sudden they just back out or they fall out. But you're like, you know what? To hell with them. I'm gonna make it anyway because this is my exactly. Movie. Yeah, that's that's basically what I'm doing. I'm I'm instead of doing, I was doing five days of filming. I'm actually gonna push everything into three Ooh, because good. I'm a boss. Yeah, I'm a boss like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a really great cast. So I have uh, an actor named Christopher Sharp who will be playing my lead character of Patrick as the stalker. I have Kimberly Higgins who will be playing a character named Rachel. And I have Cree Armstead who will be playing the character of Samantha. So those are my three main characters. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited. My director of photography, his name is uh, Wesley Rigetti. 
and he is amazing. He's done some short films. Uh, one I know specifically because I worked with him in that time. Met him is called Knots, and it was a film that was made as a senior film for one of my friends named Matthew Vaz. But uh, so that's how I met him, and I'm super excited to get to work with him again. Oh wow! See, see, what what a group like that. You have no choice but to finish this film. This has absolutely. To, this has to go all the way. Absolutely. And I got to involve myself in this, so. As soon as you get that first trailer out, I have got to share it to everybody. Oh, thank you. Yes, I, I absolutely will. I mean, we're still kickstarting for money, so I'll send you that so you can push that out. We, we're only – I'm asking for $5,000, but honestly, that's because I want to pay everybody who even volunteers on my set. I want to be able to give them some pocket change to go home and – because right now I'm not really paying anyone but my lead actors and my gaffer and my director. My director of photography told me he doesn't even want me to pay him. He's literally going to sleep on my futon and we're going to get up in the morning and we're going to go make movies for 12 hours. And like that's the love of filmmaking right there because I'm not getting paid. But I'm try- I want to try to make sure everybody else does. And I want to make sure people eat very well on my sets because if you're not getting paid, you should at least be eating well. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm asking for 5000 but 2000 will feed my people, pay my gaffer, and pay my actors. So if I get to the 2000 mark, I think I'm at 250 at the moment, um, $250. That would, be, that would be fantastic. I would love that. And see, that's admirable right there because um, some people, they just want to pay an exposure. And you know, honestly, and this is not only just for you, but everybody knows this, I don't like that. I like the idea of people getting payment or being fed, but no exposure. Exposure for free work, that's ridiculous. Especially if you're trying to make it into a career. No, I absolutely agree. And I've never like I never offer people, hey, I'm just gonna pay you to put your to put your name on this film or like whatever and people hopefully see it and blah blah blah. I will work my own money and and I'm also like I was active duty military for eight years so I'm 50% disabled from the military I will give you my disability money to come and to help me make this because it is literally my dream to get this done it is my dream it's a it's if I don't make this story if I don't put this story out there I will literally go insane so I will I'm willing to give people the money out of my own pocket that I get to pay for my kids food and my rent and stuff to make this film make this film possible uh so that's yeah <laughs> and see that's being driven so you know that's that's the truth everybody out there invest in the creatives that you know help these people get where they need to be help the films get made help the production value grow because the thing about Absolutely. it is all this stuff is local business right summer i mean mm-hmm. you got to get yeah. back to the backbone of what makes, you know, the economy great, and that's small business. Yeah. You got to yeah. play the business. I got two, we're at 270 by three backers, and I have, I think, like 20 days or something left, so. Hmm. Well, that's crunch time, but I'm sure we can make it, though. I hope so, and if not, like I said, I'll be paying my people out of my own pocket, and hopefully, I mean, that makes people want to work with me again. So. Yeah, I mean, that, that's retention right there. Absolutely. Um, hey, I've been meaning to ask. Now, I know this is a little too soon because you're, you're still in the pre-production phase, but um, are you going to put this on Netflix? Or are you going to put it on Vimeo On Demand? Like, where, where is it going to end up at in terms of post? 
Um, it'll be a private link until I submit to film festivals. Okay. Once I'm through submitting or I slow down submitting to film festivals, then I'll start to maybe put it out on um, Vimeo. And um, I never really thought of Netflix. I don't know if I could afford putting anything like that out on Netflix. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I'm just going to put it out to whoever wants to see it. And I'm very... I don't know, not so pushy, I guess. Like, not like, everybody watch my movie! I'm just like, if you want to watch it, cool. Like, I'm willing to share the link with you. And that's the same thing for my my first full, like, short film, Almost Immortal. Because, I've, I've, like I said, I've done little bitty shorts, like five, six minutes, just for funsies. I've done music videos. I've, I've done promotional um, commercials for different types of websites and stuff. But my first, like, short, Almost Immortal, it's still a private link. You know, it's still, if people want to watch it, they can ask me for the link and I will give it to them. I'm considering it, making it public, but I'm a little anxious about it. So I still haven't put it out there to the world yet. Right. Hey, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, for them to get in touch with you and, you know, to talk about, you know, where to go from here and like with distribution and everything else. There's also a thing called Distriber if you ever want to look into it. What's that? It's it, it supposedly helps um, independent filmmakers with distributing their films. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll send that to you. Oh, awesome! I'd love to look into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, see, I mean, see, folks, you're getting it right now. This is how it works. Yeah, we just pass different different things off to each other. No. Yep. I wish most people would understand that in terms of politics, but it's not the episode. Gotta, 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 gotta I'll save that for 61 or 62. Anyway, look. That's funny. <laughs> yup. Oh, man. But, hey, is there a YouTube channel where people can view some of your work, though? Um, yes. Uh, actually, I think all my stuff is private. I'm such a terrible filmmaker. Uh, nah, nah. You're just working your way up, hon. There's nothing wrong with that. It gets there yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I'll definitely send you the link to my to my channel, I believe. Let me go to my YouTube channel. It's just Summer Ronso. Mm-hmm. Like, it's literally, if you just type in Summer Ronso in the search bar, my channel will come up. You may be able to see some stuff. Let me see what I got public right now. Yeah, my name is the first thing that comes up. And the only video I have up that people can actually see are my, is my, um teaser trailer for almost immortal okay but again like i said i'm going to be making some of my other things public so that people can see them and they can interact with me more and it's just i was sending a lot of stuff around to festivals and i didn't want to put anything out just yet and that's understandable too that's that's very understandable because um you got some clients that You've done corporate video, so I know you know. But you got some clients yes. that are so stickler about that. Oh, you can't show that until we premiere it. And it's like, okay. Okay. Hmm. You know? You got some people that are like that. They go, oh, yeah, no, no, no. We we want to keep it hidden until we finally get it premiered and everything else. So yeah. So they show it, and then all of a sudden, now you can show it off. It's wild. But that's, that's the jungle. Yeah, it is. Um... I, and I'm not, like, trying to keep mine that way to, like, oh, when it premieres and blah, blah, blah. I'm just, I try to think that I'm humble, and I don't want to force my stuff on people, kind of. And I know that's weird, because as a filmmaker, you need to, like, 
aggressively push your your stuff out there. I just I'm weird. So I don't and I kind of don't really know what to do with it. I just throw the link out there and hopefully people like it and and that's what you should be. Yeah. That's just being humble and it's showing that you know you're showing your craft to your work, you're throwing it out there and saying people see it and they love it and they start sharing it and everybody starts sharing it. Yeah. And, I mean, it trickles down and it works. Yeah, for sure. I, I should just, like, release it. I wanted to put it up in Vimeo, too, um, yeah. and see what people think. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, because uh, from what I've seen, you got the skills, on. Thank you. You're, you're, you're going to go somewhere, and, you know, don't, don't even worry about that whole film school dropout thing. You're not a film school dropout. As a matter of fact, they messed up. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, thank uh, you, that's, that's, thank you. That's just the way it is, because I remember I had to take some time off from my college, too. And, you know, the thing about it is, at least you never stopped, whereas you got some people, yeah. they stop. I Even when it got really, really tough, and I didn't believe in some of the things that people were preaching, or, um, again, I don't like to get into politics. What I believe in is none of anybody else's business, just Maybe. like... People don't have to tell me what they believe. I don't care. I just kind of want to be your friend and work with you. I don't want to let that stuff get in the way because politics and religion is things that will divide people quick, fast, and in a hurry. Mm. So I don't want to do that. Like, I just want to work with really talented people, and I don't care about who you voted for. Like, that's – so a lot of that was getting mixed up in the filmmaking classes that I was taking, specifically my script writing class. We had people in there that was very that were very, very preachy who I didn't want to listen to, and that was very tough for me because I don't care about that stuff. I care about it personally, but I don't care about it professionally, and it's nobody's business. Exactly. So. It's like, I wish other people would understand that, but what with the internet and social media, and we got to get the views, right, folks? I'm just kidding. Yeah, and I, like, people go off on Facebook and stuff. I just, I have no part of it. Like, I don't mess with it. I don't, I don't not get involved. I don't get involved on Instagram or Snapchat. Like, I just, it's just better not to. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's fine, hon. I mean, I got nothing but respect for that. See, me on the other hand, I'm sitting back with a big thing of popcorn. I'm hmm. just looking at it, I'm like, wow, this is all corny and wrong. And that's vague over there. <laughs> like, I look at all the arguments and stuff, and just like, yeah. oh, this is wild. Because some of this stuff can't be proven, and then you look at it, you're like, wow, how far would yeah. you go? I, yeah, like I, like I said, I just try not to... I try not to get in there and stir up any pots or even get like I don't even like them or dislike the statuses. I just skip over them completely. <laughs> and just like I'm not getting involved. Got to got to keep it clean, man. That toxic behavior is just it disrupts everything. Got to keep it clean. Yep. Well. Oh man. And goodness. Who the hell wrote these? Oh, I did. Uh, let's yeah. <laughs> look at these questions. That's funny. Yeah. That's my everyday. I'm like, who wrote this? Oh, that's my handwriting. Like, I should probably do that. <laughs> yeah, man. I need help. Uh, let's see. Oh, God. Let's see. Where... Okay, so um, where can people get in touch with you? Say, like, um, to, you know, ask you about, like, any sort of upcoming uh, roles or, you know, where, where can they get in touch with you at? Like, what's the best, you know, way to reach you? Um, the best way to reach me is probably on Instagram. I'm I'm on I'm an addict. It's not it's not good. It's a very scary place. Instagram. Um, it's Darkroom Developments. 
all one word is my Instagram name. I pretty much respond to everybody. I do have a Facebook for darkroom developments. I'm not on there as much. I probably should be, but I'm not. I would say the best place to reach me is on the Instagram. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Which is a silly place, I think. And I mean, I do have an email address. It's Darkroom Developments Pro, P-R-O, all one, all one word, one long phrase at gmail.com. And I have that. I answer that too because it's connected to my phone. So. <laughs> you see, that's what I kind of like. You know, just everybody coming in, just having a good time, talking, exactly, and yeah. chilling out, and you know, because interviews don't have to be all that high and stuffy and stuff, especially when I do them. Oh my God, I'm not stuffy at all. I'm gonna be so awkward, like. I, I've imagined if I ever got invited on Jimmy Kimmel or Ellen, I would, I love Ellen. Oh my God, Ellen, if you're listening, please, I want to just like come hang out. <laughs> <laughs> she makes it awesome. I got to oh, Yeah. But I, I just like think of the way that I would be and I'd be super awkward and not really serious and be probably making jokes. Cause that's what I do. I'm, I'm really, really funny. I got that from my dad. I, that's the only thing I'm really confident about is I'm kind of hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm just going to be super awkward. And I don't ever think I can get in a stuffy interview. I think if somebody tried to push that on me, I'd rebel and I'd, like, just make jokes the whole time. I wouldn't be rude, but I'd just be funny. you got to break the system somehow. I mean, that's yeah. just the way it is. I, You know, honestly, I think I would probably do that, too. Yeah, I mean, there's no point. I can see. <laughs> I just... What is it stupid? No, it's not stupid. I take that back. That show that you go on there and they talk about your, for like an hour, they talk about your filmmaking past and you're talking with the guy at like a pre- prestigious film school. And oh, oh, you mean inside the actor's studio? Yes, inside the actor's studio. Like I wouldn't be an actor. I have acted. I've acted since I was five years old. Uh, I also ran a, uh, a theater program on Beale Air Force Base for two years. I was in charge of a theater company. And I've, I've done, yeah, I've done my own acting. I've been in plays all throughout junior high and high school. And so I, I get that, but I would never, I would be so awkward in a very serious setting. I don't know if I could do it. You know, maybe I should have done that format, but then again, I like doing this. This is this better. This way. is way more fun. Yeah. The, the interviews that I've done, I, I think I have actually tried to do a stuffy interview once and it ended up being really weird because I wasn't able to be myself because it was just so awkward. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, that that's what you got to be like, hey, my man, hey, hey, pull the plug out your ass. We're going to have a good time on this one. Uh, yeah, we drink, like, what are we doing right now? Like, let's do some shots, and then we can talk about life. Yeah. You know what I think? I think if I stand right here, I can hit the dartboard by volleying this pin off of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that. that seems way more fun to me. Like, if you want me to be honest, get me to drink, and then... You'll hear all the honesty come out, which is probably not a good idea, but it is. I have a very tiny filter. Very tiny, almost non existent, but oh. it's there. Oh, let me guess. It's see through, transparent? Uh, it is. It is. I definitely, my brain processes things so fast. And what I want to say, I actually have to slow my talking down because I talk very fast that uh, I've said things out loud that I think I just think them and then people are like no you said that out loud I'm like I'm sorry I'm not really sorry but I'm gonna apologize because it made you feel bad and I don't want to make you feel bad but it's the truth well you see I'm that friend hey honestly Summer I like that that's why you and my friends group I like that 
<laughs> I appreciate that. If if I'm out there being a total ass, I would love to hear it. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll be the one. Like my friends come to me when they need an honest opinion, and and they will get a brutally honest, like you're an idiot, or this is a great idea, or you know. And I would say this is only my opinion, but you're asking for it, so I'm going to give it to you. Yep. That's right, because, see, sometimes you need that. You need somebody to tell you that you're wearing the ass hat. Yeah, and the thing is, is I can take it, too. Like, if, if somebody, if I was acting like an ass, I can take it if somebody comes up to me and says, you didn't make a very good decision, you're not acting like yourself, you're actually acting in a way that's unbecoming or, or what have you. You need to chill out. I'll be like, oh, and if it's somebody I trust and I know, I'm be like, oh, okay, let me let me rein myself in a bit. So that's me, though. Mm. Oh yeah, I would I would totally do that. But like, all right, you you go to the corner and think about yourself. You you get out of here, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah summer uh, here give you a Snickers bar. Now let me yeah. tell you, that's... yeah, that's how I do it. Yeah, just feed me, and I'll probably snap out of it. You know, sit right there, and be like, yeah, you're not yourself if you didn't eat that. Mm mm. Give me some Snickers or some fried rice, and I'll be great. No. Yeah. Oh hey, you like that Chinese, huh? I do. Well, I have a favorite restaurant here in California where I live because I live in Sacramento. There's a place called Red 88. They uh, make the best fried rice. It is Asian sausage and bacon. Oh, I have got to go <laughs> over there then. I, I know. I just go. bit my lip. I was really excited about it. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. The aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> I do uh, love food. I probably shouldn't eat so much food, but I do love it. It's the best. Hey, you can't go wrong with that food, though. I mean, if it's good, it's good. Damn it, enjoy Absolutely. yourself. Yeah, that's why I'd never be like I'm not fat or overweight. I got some curves on me, but uh, I don't think I could ever be skinny, super skinny, because I like food. So, hey, uh, Summer, mm-hmm. you, you know we got to keep it clean on the show, huh? Business before pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, you know, I, I like my ladies with curves, and I'm like, oh, uh, God. <clears throat> <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Just saying. Well, other than that, though, hon, these are all the questions I have for you today. Yay, that was, like, this is fun. Yeah, you know, hey, you know what, honestly... Just like I told the last people I had on the show, Mark and Margo, you, you're welcome to come back and visit the show anytime you want to talk. Absolutely. I, I love. I love it. Because, I mean, like, think about this. You're all, like, just like those two, you're, you're going to make it big. Because they're making a pretty making pretty good headway in the music industry, but you're doing pretty good in the movie industry. You just have to keep going. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. I definitely needed to hear that today. Because yep. what I'm going to do is I hope to be on that stage and present the award to you be like, Oh man, Summer Maroc Ronzo. Oh yeah. I did Yeah, I I recently held an Oscar. I got to hold an actual Oscar. Eight pounds. It was amazing. I loved it. Felt good. Yeah, right when I was about to give it back to the gentleman who handed it to me, I whispered in its ear. I was like, I'm coming for you. That's right. I was like, I am coming for you. That's you will right. be a thing that I will win one day, and I will put it in my bathroom, and it will be fantastic. <laughs> it won't really go in my bathroom. I will not put it in my bathroom as a joke. But You wouldn't. I would. Hell. 
No, I mean, I'd put it in the guest bathroom in, like, a glass case. It's like, don't touch it, but you can look at it. <laughs> oh, yes, ma'am. That, that that works. God, just have a mantle of that set up. Hey, you know yeah. what? You should also look into trying to win a Tony. Ah, yeah, for theater and acting and, um, like, isn't that what that is? Yeah, Tony's yeah. for theater. Mm-hmm. I would love to direct theater again. That would be super fun. I did that. Like I said, I did that for two years. It was a really, really great time, and I would definitely do that again. Do that again. Because, I mean, I think there's only... I think they said that there was only one person that has won a Tony, an Oscar, and I think the other one was either a Golden Globe or a Grammy, but I know he definitely... Nice. He or she definitely won an Oscar and a Tony. And I think there's only uh, one person that's done that. So, you know, I got to stick game them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm good with an Emmy. I'm good with an Oscar. I'm good with a Razzie. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I want to win a Razzie. I think that would be really funny, like, to win a Razzie. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to aim for the Pulitzer this year. That'd be good. Just trying to get that in there. Just be like, hey, at least yeah. I got one. Yeah, I... Uh, we have to do what we have to do and, and have a good time on the way and hopefully win some awards or not or I don't know. I've never really been super motivated to win an award, but an Oscar? Come on. Yeah, well, 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 how could you pass that? <laughs> you know? I know. I'm not going to be mad if I get an Oscar. Let's uh-uh. just say that. Right? I definitely won't be mad. Well, hey, hon. The sky's the limit for both of us. We're going to do great. Absolutely. I think so, too. Oh, man, I hate to just wrap the show up at this point, but I'm going to have to because, hey, I can't run it for that long. I know, right? (laughs) And I got a meal prep and take care of these kids. I'm locked in my bedroom, and they're getting antsy. I can hear them dancing outside of my door. (laughs) Yep, that's it. They're going to be like, feed me, Mom. So, yeah, you got to do your job, man. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Well, other than that, though, I'm glad you came out here and. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's my. You know what? Honestly, it's a pleasure having you, and I hope you come back sometime. I will. I surely will. I'll give you an update after, or either before or after I'm done um with filming, because I film August sixth to the tenth. Nice. Okay. Please do. Absolutely. Because I'm gonna be knocking on your door, making sure that you're doing what you got to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> this ain't over. <laughs> no, definitely not over. Not by a long shot. Alrighty. You okay? So, um, actually, you want to say bye to the J360 Legion or? Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Bye, J360 Legion. Thank you very, very much for having me and for listening to me. And I hope I didn't ramble too much. And I hope you guys had a good time like I did because this was super fun and I'll be back for sure. Hells yeah. You heard that from her, y'all. So, that's all we have for you for this episode tonight. I'm going to go ahead and cut it close. We'll see you next time, okay? Laters. Bye.